you were four minutes late and Chris was 20 minutes early. So. Chris, you can't, like... Fucking Jack, more, it's just unbelievable than... that you have the audacity <laughs> to turn up late today. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I just, I can't believe it, to be honest. Can can we who fight would, in this episode, Cody, please? You're so unimpressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fight you this episode, no matter if that's in the script or not. All right. <laughs> Bring it, bitch. And welcome to Mystery Dungeons and Dark Rise, a Pokemon role-playing adventure and the turn of two young trainers and their journey together through the Yume region. I'm Coatsy and I'm your Dungeon Master. I'm Jack, I play Felix, a shy but stubborn boy who has already replayed his last interaction with Nessa in his head about 20 times. <laughs> I'm Chris, I play Chuck, he's the son of a nurse Joy who moved from Pewter City to the Yume region. And he's so, so happy that Boomer finally has another fire move to add to her repertoire. Yeah, you've been moaning about that for weeks. Have I? Uh, I'm not sure if I've said anything. <laughs> the amount of times <laughs> you've said to me, Look, you gave, when are we you getting gave a fire gym so ball? I can have flamethrower? Because you, you gave Pratchett energy ball in the first gym. You did. I got fuck all. Well, I got energy ball as well, but still. Yeah. You got energy ball, and that's done you a solid when you Just because you... I had to be mainstream and choose a Charmander. Infernape wouldn't have learnt it either. Or a Piplup. So, question number 17. And I can't wait for it to be number 20, so it's you guys again. <laughs> uh, if Chuck and Felix found themselves in like a mystery dungeon experience, like oh, yeah. Game, yeah, what okay. Pokemon would they be? Oh, that's a, a really good one. question. What's something quite stupid and headstrong and naive? Deli bird. Deli bird. I like that. <laughs> Chuck the deli Fucking bird. Fucking deli, deli bird. bird. Delivering my presents. I can't believe you caught that deli bird. That I was love just Pringle. XP. That was supposed to be XP fodder. Well, I'd already <laughs> you caught it. I'd completely obliterated the Snova, which I actually probably would have caught. I like Kringle. Kringle's going to make a comeback soon. I think. The Felix. It's be like a Goldine. I no, I was thinking <laughs> Felix being shy and before this adventure would probably run away a little bit. I think Felix would be a Diglett. He'd be a Diglett. <laughs> yeah, ground type as ground well. Ground type. Can just duck in his hole and hide away when he needs to. Would he be in a low and Diglett with a <laughs> with, oh, with the wig? With the hair. What would he I love a Lowland Dog trio. Oh, just what a weird thing to do to a Pokemon. I love it. I like the new forms and the types and stuff, but that was just weird. Fantastic. I think, I think Felix would be like a, a Wisma, probably. No, he's a bit he's a bit hardier than that. He's had a life on the road. Has Felix been travelling? I don't know if you've ever said that. No, just, you know, once or twice. In his <laughs> gap life. His, his gap life. 10 years old 37 episodes <laughs> in and it's finally coming out now let, let the arguments out <laughs> look I came here to play D&D and drink some Moomoo milk and I'm all out of Moomoo milk I thought you've got one left uh, no I think I've actually drank drunk it <laughs> <laughs> right I don't actually okay. Chris <laughs> I'm, I'm going to fight you so hard in this episode I'm 
whoever is editing this episode, I don't envy them chopping that opener up. Right, who is recapping today? I volunteer myself as tribute. Good, I volunteer you prick. As tribute. Good. Hey, I'm down. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave out anything about Felix. This is all about Chuck. <laughs> that is a shock. Play nice. <laughs> Come on. Right. So I believe at the start of the episode we were with Nessa who had been helping out with her shift tree around the town, clearing out the swarm of bug Pokemon. Um, yep. We went back with Nessa to her dojo. Uh, Felix was maybe getting one or two ideas there, following Nessa back to her abode. <laughs> she was concerned that her dad had run off, just saying something about having a brainwave, about why the Pokemon were maybe acting a bit crazy. Uh, just knew that he'd run off towards the volcano. So we agreed that we would go look for him, and she would hold the fort. So we followed the tracks that led past the Pokemon Center up towards the volcano and came to the top of a waterfall. I think Felix's new camo attire was doing him quite well there, um, whereas Chuck's flip-flops were not so great. At the top of the waterfall, we saw a pseudo-wudo, and Felix used his speak with animals skill to learn that Ness's dad had, while fighting some, uh, some angry Pokemon, had fallen off the waterfall. So we decided we would try and hover down the waterfall with Momo the Gligar and Norris the um, Heracross kind of gliding us down to slow our descent was like little parachutes but Momo <laughs> dropped Felix um, and as Norris tried to swipe and grab him we all kind of tumbled into the water when we kind of got to the bank below the mist had started to roll in we saw a body that was thankfully still breathing and we managed to bring him round and it turned out to be Ness's dad Black Belt Knob Nice shout out to the games there. Represent. We didn't have long really because then we were ambushed by another swarm. This time it was a Tangler, a Ninjask and a Vespiquen. Um, but I think Nob Pseudo Wudo did absolute bits with a fire punch there, just obliterating most of what we had. After that fight, we kind of noticed that all of the surrounding forest had been cleared out. It was completely devastated um, and it was clearly the work of humans. We were then not ambushed, but accosted by the newly rebranded Aqua crew who have been using the wood for lumber. So we made them a wager that if we beat them, they would leave the forest alone, wouldn't be able to take any more. If they beat us, they would just take as much as they liked. So they sent out, it was uh, Matt and Tom of the Aqua crew, they sent out a Sharpedo and Primate. Um, Churo was facing off against the Primate and managed to use the mists to his advantage to sort of hide and do some evasive manoeuvres. Felix literally pulled an inventive move out of his bag and lobbed Ian's Mysterious Berry <laughs> from episode episode 8 Heisenberry's available anywhere you can get your podcasts um, <laughs> right into the gaping maw of the Sharpedo and it simultaneously paralysed and confused it um, so we finished those guys off but something tells me it's probably not going to be the last we see of Aqua Crew after that we escorted Nob back to the dojo and he very kindly offered to teach us some new moves so Boomer learned Fire Punch Rowdy learned Bullet Punch and Sneasel learned Ice Punch. And there cool. we are. Yeah, fun fact. Black Belt Knob, his first appearance in a game was in the Chainwood Gym in Gold, Silver and Crystal. And the gym leader of Chainwood Gym is Chuck. And Chuck is Takeshi's brother. Is he? Ah. Uh. So there's the rivalry between Fighting and Steel then. He left to take his own path and end up in Johto. So he's initially which from... Is why, yeah. Which is why they look very similar. Ah. 
Very interesting. It's like you actually do research and plan these things, Coatsy. <laughs> I know. Levels on levels. Which it's after all knowing in the side for, like, for nearly twenty years, I'm quite surprised. For anyone who's now looking, if 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 I've released a picture of Takeshi by now, I should have done. If not, I will have done. I will do for this. Uh, yeah, it's all in the sideburns. It's all in the sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> the other great nugget that we found out was the identity of Derek's brother, wasn't it? We didn't actually find this out in pod, but we put two and no. two together off pod. So, Coatsy, do you want to give us some clues and we'll uh, give the listeners about all of a two seconds to try and work it out? So, Derek has already told us that he's got a brother in Hoenn. Uh, Derek owns a Pelipper, which is similar to his brother's Pokemon. Uh, and they're both mega old. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so the identity of Derek's brother is? Pause here. What do you think about it? Mr. Briny. Mr. Briny. Eco the Wingull. His much older brother, because Briny at this point is going to be like 80 odd years old. <laughs> so Derek's about 10 years younger than him. He's doing quite well for a 70 year old. Yeah, he's pretty, pretty sprightly. Pretty agile. Pretty, yeah. pretty chunk. Anyway, we've uh, kept them waiting long enough. I, say, I, I swear, I swear it was you, Chris, that used to moan that the intros were too long. Yeah, the, oh, the recaps are way too long. We need to shorten them. It's boring. When I did a short recap, you told me off. You did, yeah, but you did a short recap and missed <laughs> out a fucking Gyarados evolving. <laughs> like mid-fight, you were just like, yeah, we had a fight. Uh, we took down the Phoenix, and uh, yeah, caught a. Uh, you know, caught a Lotad and Jack caught a, a Gligar. Done. And I was like, brilliant. You just Cheers extended the recap by telling me that I did a long recap and moaning about that. So yeah, but you figure. can cut my bit out. Your bit took fucking ages. Right? <laughs> Jesus. Very hostile in here today. Yeah. Made me feel sad oh, now. We're just jesting. Jesting. We're just jesting. Okay, so... We are going to start today's episode outside of the Pokemon Center in the town center. Okay. Uh, your Pokemon have been fully healed. You got all your PP back, and you can choose which five Pokemon you can both take with you because you are both. You can both carry five Pokemon now. Lovely, lovely. So, what are we going for, lads? Right. Chuck's got Uma, obviously. Churro, Churro the Lombre, Pennybags the Swinub, Rowdy the Lucario, and Norris the Shiny Heracross. Oh, did you get shiny? You didn't. You, I, I certainly mentioned. fucking did. <laughs> um, Felix will be going with Pratchett the Grottle, obviously. Um, we're going to have Momo the Gligar. After his training session in the dojo, we're going to have Brick the Sneasel. We're going to have also the as yet unnamed Scyther has joined the party. Oh, yeah. And we are also going to have a rare outing for the magical, the mystical, the one of a kind yes. Houdini. Yes. Houdini's black. See, ride. I think this is the first time that Maximus has actually left the party since he hatched. He won't be so I'm going to give him a bit of a break. Give, give him a bit of a break. He can go and have a rest. He's been uh, he's been carrying the team in some some fights of late. So we're going to get a call from Cherry that's just mayhem has broken loose back at the lab where he's just started, <laughs> like charging around in a circle, just wanting people to fight him. <laughs> I can tell Cherry's already rang me in the brief saying he's just going around trying to arm wrestle everything. <laughs> Okay, so there are your parties. Mm-hmm. Sweet. As the sun sets, War Tortuga becomes illuminated by small flame torches dotted around the town. You see a broken stream of people in high spirits heading out of the square towards the beach. You follow them to see more torches leading you along the beach, and in the distance you can hear music playing a jaunty tune. 
You follow the torches and the sound of the tune and find yourself standing in front of steps leading up to a large looking wooden ship that has been built into the edge of the jungle. At the top of the steps, hanging from what was once a set of gallows, is a large sign with a picture of a blue Pokemon wearing a black pirate's hat and an eye patch, with two cannons coming out of the shell on its back and holding a tankard in its claws. The crimson writing underneath reads, The Bloody Blastoise. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear loud voices from the top of the steps, with the occasional crash and a glass smashing closely, followed by cheers and more shouting. This sounds cool. like Chuck's kind of bar. So pi picture a big like boat, like an upside, I think it's an upside down boat. I would like to go up the steps and into the bar. You climb up the wooden steps leading up to the gallows and you find yourself on a large decking area filled with people talking and drinking, standing around tables made from barrels. There's a group of women who aren't wearing a lot, dancing with each other to a jaunty tune coming from inside the tavern. As you make your way across the deck, you notice some of the people staring at you, following you with their gaze, whispering to each other as you pass. You walk through the large wooden doors and the music and all the chatting just stops. You look around and see that everyone is staring at you. The room is silent for an uncomfortable amount of time. The man behind the bar shouts, Oi! I don't pay you to sit there and not play music. Everyone back to your business. And the music resumes as the talking resumes and the people go back to their business. But you notice glances and points coming from the punters. It turns to Felix and says, that was weird. Very weird. I don't think a Moomoo Milk was going to cut it here, is it? <laughs> I don't think they probably even serve Moomoo Milk here. Felix just mutters under his breath, heathens. <laughs> it's kind of around us in, do you say there's a band going on? What's happening? I assume our two bar stalls aren't reserved yet. Not in a place like this. So, the inside of the Bloody Blastoise is basically a hollowed out wooden ship mm -hmm. with little hanging lights dimly illuminating the room and the high ceiling. A long bar sits to your left where the back of the ship is. There is only a few people sat at the bar, but one of them you recognise as the fire spinner from the square, even though he's wiped off all the white body paint and has swapped his grass skirt for a pair of shorts. <laughs> In the middle of the room, on the opposite side, is a wooden stage where a group of sailors are playing instruments and singing some jaunty tunes. I don't know if I've mentioned, but the tunes are jaunty. Jaunty, nice. okay. Jaunty. Jaunty. Like sea shanty style. Yeah, I don't know why I've written jaunty so many times, but I have, <laughs> I think I'm reading it, so that's why you're going to keep hearing me say jaunty. It's the only way you can describe anything kind of piratey. How else, how else do you tune. describe a pirate tune? Yeah, no, no other way. Next to the stage is a familiar looking face, standing next to his puffing cart. <laughs> to the right of the room is a boxing ring, Ooh. with two men bare-chested circling each other. Occasionally, one of them is moving in closer to strike the other. Two men stand at one end of the ring, looking happy and flicking through a handful of notes, while others stand around the ring, shouting and waving their fists at the fighters. The rest of the room is filled with small booths and more tables. Most of the seats are taken by sailors, still wearing their uniforms but you also see some people you recognise from your morning in the square. These people seem a lot more friendly towards you, greeting your gaze with smiles rather than stern looks. Uh, don't worry lads, 
they're not used to seeing kids here is all. Plus, they heard that you two were partly responsible for a Laurier port reopening, and it might be safe to say that it hasn't gone down well with those who've become accustomed to their stay in the Misty Islands. And you turn to see Flash stood <laughs> next to the door. Just Poff, how, thin guy how did and you Flash. get here? Well, me and the Poff, well, me and the Poff, me and Poff, I like that. Poff. we flew here, didn't we? Fancy to change the scenery after the snow point? A uh, bit of lack of sun. I needed to work on my tan lines. Plus, we didn't think it was too safe staying in Kuso after the attack, so we flew. On what? Something big. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know what Flash is. I don't want to know what Flash is packing. I want to know what Pokemon he's packing. One day, you might find out. That'd be great. So, you've got the bar, you've got Flash, you've got Poff, you've got the boxing ring, and you've got the bandstand. I will leave the rest to you. What has Flash got on him? Does he? Does he? Do we have to ask him, or does he just? share his wares with us so while you're looking around the room flash is still talking to you and he's like i tell you what lads i can see myself settling down here good weather nice beach kind of clientele that don't mind how i acquire my goods anyway can i help you too my two favorite and only customers <laughs> i i've got some new stuff in this time at this point Momo the Gligar is kind of floating about and sees that Flash has kind of got his arms crossed across him to obviously keep his trench coat open and Gligar kind of mimics that so he sort of just hangs off a beam from the ceiling upside down and it's like that and then just <laughs> kind of opens his wings to try and scare Flash <laughs> uh, Flash just looks up and he's like that's cute <laughs> let, me sh let me show you how it's really done <laughs> And uh, he looks to the left, looks to the right, and then he opens his coat to reveal a mankini decorated with Pikachus. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Felix immediately blushes and averts his gaze from Flash. Eyes up here, lads. Eyes up here. Look at the jacket. Not the man. <laughs> on, then. What's he got? So, as per usual, he's got Waterstone, Firestone, Leafstone, Thunderstone. He's got the Electrolyzer, the Magmarizer, the Protector, Razor Fang, Razor Claw, Shiny Stone, Oval Stone, Dawnstone, Metal Coat, Lucky Egg. Oh. And then Protein, Iron, Calcium, Zinc, Carbos, <laughs> which I'm thinking of just getting rid of because I don't think you're ever going to use them. Tell me more about the Lucky Egg. So the Lucky Egg increases XP of held Pokemon by 20%. What? Yeah. Chuck's looking at... I want three things. Chuck's looking at this and says, do you do trades? Uh, I can be persuaded with some good rolls of a dice. Ah, okay. Very good. Oh. Chuck pulls out one of his Dawnstones. He's got two. Rolls it over in his hand and says, look at this fine specimen of a Dawnstone. What about this for a lucky egg? Ooh. A Dawnstone for a lucky egg. Now I tell you, I sell my Dawnstones for a bit less than I sell my lucky eggs. So I might be able to give you a slight discount but I'm not doing a straight trade I wish I had Rowdy in front of me so if you want to make a straight trade you can try and persuade him or lie to him about it being worth more yeah okay um, ah but this this isn't any Dawnstone I found this right. in the forgotten caves of Evergreen Peak no one set foot in there for over a hundred years until we did you won't find right. this anywhere else well I, I know that they don't come naturally to that kind of area so actually I bet someone did go in there and drop it but roll persuasion oh dear. eight 
But that does look like quite a nice story. <laughs> <still. laughs> Fuck's sake! It is a bit. It is a bit shinier than my Dornstone that I've got, and I think it might actually fetch me a pretty penny. So, shall we say Dornstone plus five hundred? Five hundred? Are you joking? Look at that egg. It's got like you know when eggs start to go a little bit off. It's peeking at the top a bit. I'm not sure about that flash. Right, roll deception. Natural eighteen. I guess you are, but you know I don't. I I've got a few lucky eggs. Do you only want? You only, why are you looking at just that bad one? I mean, I guess if that's the one you've got your eyes set on, then fine, I'll do a trade for a Dornstone. Yeah, I'll take that one. I mean, how much do you sell them for regularly anyway? 5,000. I mean, I've got two Dornstones if you want to do same for same. Oh, I, I think I've got enough Dornstones now, <laughs> mate. You're going to have to try and trade me something a bit more interesting than that. Okay, so Flash takes the Dornstone off you and hands you the lucky egg. And he sort of starts stroking the Dawnstone before slipping it into a pocket in his jacket. And he turns to Felix. He's like, anything for you, mate? So at this point, Felix has been doing everything he can to avoid looking at Flash in all his mankini-covered glory. Like uh, I said, eyes on the coat. Eyes on the coat. <laughs> Felix sees Momo float down from the rafters and get in the way of Flash, basically. And he's very interested in one of the items in particular on Flash's coat. He can also feel a rumble of a couple of his Pokeballs as they are also seemingly interested in a couple of the items in Flash's wares. How can they, they kind see of keep side of their Pokeball? They, they, they can just sense things, all right? Pokeballs. They can sense it. Um, Felix kind of puts his hand on his Pokeballs, discerning that it's Houdini's Pokeball is one of them. One of them is also one of the new Pokemon that he's caught. Scyther seems quite interested. So Felix taking the lead from Chuck reaches into his bag and pulls out a couple of items takes a bit of a breath ready to put on a bit of a show and he goes oh if you thought those dawnstones were good wait till you see what i've got here firstly he pulls out an icy rock this was also found deep deep within the caves of snow pine city i think as you say you're quite keen to get away from that area but manage yourself even though you're trying to get a bit of a tan but sometimes in the middle of the day you need to cool yourself down this icy rock will do just that, as well as having some good value, obviously. And he also reaches into his bag and pulls out in his other hand a reaper cloth. And he goes, now, this may not look like much, but Chuck and I had to fight tooth and nail to tear this away from a ghostly being in a haunted mansion that we came across. And ever since, it's been given off strange but powerful vibes. I present to you these two items. How would you feel? About a trade. I'm going to try and trade my Reaper Cloth and the Icy Rock for right. a Razor Fang and a Metal Coat. So as soon as Flash hears that you stole the Reaper Cloth off something, his ears peek up and he's like, oh, right, that's my kind of business. <laughs> and it is quite hot sometimes in the Misty Islands. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It all depends if I can sell them. So give me persuasion. Persuasion, sure. Well, give me a it's charisma check, really, isn't it? So you can whatever's hard. Persu I yeah. guess it's persuasion because you're persuading him to I, trade. It is, but I I wonder if I can ask if I can use this as performance. So I'm kind of trying to put uh, on a bit of a show and like jazz yeah. it up a bit. You 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 spun a good tale. I'll allow it. 
that is a natural 13, but I've got a plus 5 in performance, so that takes it up to an 18. That's Felix has got a plus 5 in performance. <laughs> so this is the kid that wet his pants when he went on to Sinnoh's Got Talent. That, eight, that was only the beginning the beginning of his performance journey. And you forget who his, who his mum is. You have to do Yeah, his mum is shows like and a world-class contestant. Yeah. So Flash is so impressed by your title that he will straight up trade the items oh, with you. Wonderful. Well done. Very good. Good role play. Yeah, occasionally here on Mystery Dungeons and Dark Rise, we do kind of D&D stuff. <laughs> Felix uh, takes the item, swaps the items with Flash and says, thank you kindly, good sir. Now, after our deal, uh, I haven't got anything else for you in terms of goods, but like my friend Chuck here, and I think one of my friends on my belt is also interested in a, in a lucky egg. Uh, so Flash goes, well, if you want a lucky egg, it's 5,000. And that's just for you guys, mind, because I sell them for a lot more to people who I don't know so well. Says, I bet you do. Felix takes a beat, thinks about trying to con him, but he goes, we've done some good business today. 5,000 it is. And I'll, yeah, I'll just uh, give him 5,000 for the uh, lucky egg. And he hands you the lucky egg. And as he takes your money, he goes, do you know what? I was really hoping to get rid of those lucky eggs as well because the bloke I stole them off, he was not happy whatsoever. And I'm pretty sure he stole my, saw in my face. So pff, now they can't find them on me. It's going to be great. <laughs> Might have to avoid going back to Kuso for a while though. <laughs> Jock looks at him because he was a, he kind of twigged a little bit that lucky eggs can sometimes be found. Can they just be found on chances? Uh, yeah. In the games. So. He kind of twigged that sometimes chances carry lucky eggs. So he's like, you didn't get those from a joy, did you? Oh, it was a bloke. You're the only bloke joy that I know. Mm, okay. Okay. So Flash is happy. He's counting a bit of money. He's got his new items on him. And he is just stood there sort of flicking through the 5,000. So you're free to do explore the rest of the bloody Blastoise. Felix will just turn to Chuck, a big grin on his face. He's quite pleased with himself and goes, oh, well, that went well. How about a drink? On me. Yeah, sounds good. Nice of you to offer. Chuck nudges Felix in the ribs and says, hey, by the way, all I did was wipe that Dawnstone on my shirt. <laughs> So turns around as he's about to go to the bar and notices Churro's missing. All right. Okay. Um, turns around, he's looking around the bar and then his eyes fall on the stage and Churro's just, he's waddled up there and he's starting to stomp his feet in time oh. with, the, with the shanty beat. Right. So he's going for a shanty rather he's going than a for a, He's going for a little shanty, yeah. Is he trying to lead the band? Yeah. Let's go uh, performance check then oh, okay. on Churro. <laughs> See if he can adapt to the sea shanty. Churro. Oh no! Um, I've rolled a seven. Don't think he. What right. did he get on that? Anything else on that? Yeah, well, charisma. What's his, what's his charisma? Oh, his charisma's minus. His charisma's minus one. <laughs> so he's got a okay. six. So he is oh, no. well out of beat with this shanty. He is not doing well. Oh, and everyone's sort of looking at him and they're like, "What is that? Why is that on stage? Like you're ruining the atmosphere." They're like, like, starting to turn hostile. It's like booze going on. They already don't thrown. like you. Oh no. Chuck rifles through his bag then and pulls out the water stone right. and throws it at Jiro. <laughs> uh, give, me a, give me a dex check okay. for oh, Chuck. God. For Chuck, uh, 11. The, the water stone just falls short. Oh no. oh, no. Does Jiro see it? No. Okay, Chuck runs to grab it <laughs> and hand delivers it up onto the stage and now Chuck's on stage with Jiro. All right, hands okay. It up, hands it and literally shoves it into his hands. Right, what happens when he gets the water stone? So he grabs it, 
instantly glows a dazzling white. Starts to grow. Uh, the lily pad on his head gets spikier. And it starts to look like there's a pineapple thing growing out the top of it. <laughs> and the the questionable quality mariachi uniform Chuck bought him in, uh, in Acacia, from the Acacia Town Market starts to rip. It's just lying tattered on the floor. It's replaced by a beige fur, I think it's fur, poncho with brown zigzags weaved into it. Um, and with a bit of a, a roar and a... Blue the hands now that, that used to have red claws on them have transformed into these big green mitts. Uh, and he grabs a trombone from one of the band. <laughs> okay, now give me a performance check. So now I get um, performance is one of his skills. It's a natural 20. Right, yeah. Genu- and then genuinely. As, as soon as he evolves, he just absolutely owns it. He takes this trombone and busts into like the biggest sea shanty solo you've ever heard. He's like... You know, um, Anchorman, when he's like jazz fluting on the tables. Yeah, and the crowd, the crowd start to like clap along. They're all singing in unison to the sound of the sea shanty that Ludicolo has created with his trombone. Yeah, Chuck's also like stamping his feet, just doing his best to kind of go along with it. Oh okay, cool. Fantastic. Got a Ludicolo. And our Pokedex pings. <laughs> Your Pokedex pings, Ludicolo. Yes. Ludicolo, the carefree Pokemon in the evolved form of Lombre. Whenever it hears music, its power grows stronger and it just has to dance. Fucking Chiro, raised him from a little lily pad. Little lily pad that took down a Regirock, almost. Yeah. Hoy in a berry at him. Hoy in the berry. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay, next to the stage is Poff, or you can go to the bar or the boxing ring. Felix is uh, Felix will just at this point he'll, he's at the bar he's sort of he's getting caught up in it as well he's you know he's thumping the bar with his fist in time to the music getting into it and he sort of shouts oh barkeep <laughs> free drinks for the band uh, the bartender who is still polishing the same glass he's always polishing in every <laughs> single bar <laughs> turns to you he's like alright <laughs> Felix is expecting a bit more back so he's taking back and goes uh, yeah p- fine thanks uh can we get a couple of drinks you got any piratey specials uh well menu was written down but it got broken at some point i'm sure so we've got a range of drinks for a little extra extra if you're a little something something oh, piratey something something a piratey Ducks something just made, made his way off the stage and has joined felix i think juro's still charging around with his trombone and doesn't want to give it back <laughs> Uh, so the drinks he's got are rum float, oh. rum and coconut, rum and rubicone, <laughs> rubicone, <laughs> rum and mango, and then he turns to you and goes, and my personal favourite, rum. <laughs> Just rum. Felix Just rum. strokes his chin and he goes, a rum float sounds good. Two of those, please. Uh, and he goes away and pulls out a like a carton containing moo moo ice cream. Ooh, and he uh, nice. drops two massive balls in each glass and then tops it up with rum and hands them over. And he's like, a uh, hundred pokey yen each, please. Felix slides the man 300 pokey yen and goes, Ooh. and what about a little something something? He looks at the 300 and he says, roll me a d6. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, a one. So he leans in and encourages you both to do the same. Felix will hand his rum float over to uh, to Chuck at this point as well. So he leans in and he says, The uh, Aqua crew have been building in numbers recently. 
they've even had to build more ships. Now Alaria port's open again, it's back to business as usual for the sailors who've been stuck here. But I reckon a lot of them won't want to leave. Could end up joining them too. Not that I mind, business here has been booming recently. Almost makes all the fights and damages worth it. But at what cost? <laughs> Felix sort of takes a sip of his rum float. His eyes widen with this new taste sensation that he has found. Um, he goes, hmm, okay. How about this time you tell us something we don't know? Roll another d6. Uh, that is a two that time. So uh, he leans in again and encourages you to lean in the same. <laughs> Apparently, the new shopping tower is all finished and should be having their grand opening soon. From what I've heard, it's one of the best in the world. They've got lots of rare items you can't find anywhere else in the Yume region. And of course, it would be opening in Sequoia City. With a, almost a, a hiccup and a um, like a surprised hiccup. So did you, did you say tower? Yeah, but I wouldn't read too much <laughs> into it, lads. It's literally just like a big shopping centre. <laughs> okay. I've called it a tower. It's probably just like a shopping skyscraper. Felix says chuck Almost like he knew what you were trying to yeah. infer. <laughs> Felix says chuck and guys. We really must visit Sequoia at some point. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. And then he looks at you and he's like, anything else? Look eyes over at the uh, the brawl that's happening in the boxing ring and says, hey, if you were a betting man, which one would you go on? <laughs> I would say follow your guts, mate. Once you go, once you head over, just inspect the two of them. See which one you feel like. It, it could be any, uh, could be either. Who knows? Now, do you want another? Uh, do you want to give me a bit more for some summon summon, or are you uh, all done because you're clogging up my seats? Doug says, "All right, I'll take a summon summon with a side of rum." So he leans in again. There have been a lot of ships going missing around the islands recently. No one knows exactly what's happened to them because everyone on the ships has disappeared too. Sailors have started to say that the mist that sweeps through the islands from time to time is cursed. Ooh. And a monster hides in there. Remorades wild up in my opinion. Ships are most likely left and gone back home if you ask me. Oh, interesting. That sounds okay. really fun. Yeah. <laughs> and if we were to go looking for said monster, how might we do that? Well, I don't believe there is a monster, you see. That's why I said Remorades wallop, in my opinion. But like they said, it's a uh, fog that sweeps through the island. I don't know. Head there. Maybe just progress through the story. Who knows? <laughs> come up. Maybe about two, three episodes time. <laughs> Fantastic. Brilliant. Anyway, lads, I'd better get on. I've got lots of people to serve and more glasses to polish. So uh, have a good one. And he walks over to the other end of the bar. That turns to, I think you said that the fire spinner was kind of next to us. Uh, yep. So he was kind of hostile to us earlier in the day, wasn't he? Uh, yes. Sort of screamed in your face and then blew some fire everywhere. Yeah. Um, at this point, Churo has, uh, has come and joined us and he just gets the trombone right in this guy's face and goes... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at, at this point as well, just Gligar is now hanging off the trombone as well. The bit that slides up and down. <laughs> he's just swinging so from it. So he's got Gligar just swinging and like... Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> um, what is the intention of Ludicola? He has literally no intention. He's just he's just messing around. Okay. Um, so the fire spinner turns and sees this. Just this big. He just see just sees this gligar on the end of this trombone, just sort of like come out, yeah, like almost yeah. hit him in the face, 
and then go back as the uh, music blares like like right in his eyes and he's sort of like oh my god in his head and then he just stands up and starts talking at you really loudly in a different language oh yeah Chuck shouts slowly back really loudly I don't understand you Felix you speak with animals does it work? no he's not an animal um, he starts getting more energetic and like his hands start waving around and he's raises his voice even more just talking in this language you do not understand Ludicolo's when copying him copying his movements just like someone on a stool like behind you so opposite where you're facing yeah you won't get much out of him he's part of the tribe that have been indigenous to the Misty Islands for thousands of years I've never heard him speak a word of English oh okay Felix kind of says that's fair enough I mean if, if you can communicate with him can you just tell him we mean no bother Ludicolo does a, uh, with a flourish he bows sort of sweeping the trombone to the side this is his trombone now he's never given it back <laughs> the the fire starter sees Ludicolo sort of bow to him and he just gives you both a proper side eye as he turns back to the bar and calls over the barkeep for another drink like a wave of his hand okay are you, are you keen to go to this boxing match thing then Chris no, I, want, I, want, I, want, I want to place a bet <laughs> right okay <laughs> <laughs> Felix does chuck and goes, huh, what now? I don't see Derek anywhere yet. Have you spotted him? Uh, no, I haven't rolled a perception check for that yet. Um, but what <laughs> I'll do, while we wait, why don't we go check out the, the local sport? I right, here, I, I think I know who will who'll like this. Um, Churro, take a rest. That was an amazing performance. Rowdy, come on out. Cool. So you make your way over to the crowded boxing ring which is surrounded by men and women shouting and waving their fists at two men circling each other. One of the men towers over the other by about a foot, only wearing some ripped trousers. His muscles flex as he poses for the crowd. His movements are slow, but by the way he's throwing punches into the air in front of him, you can tell that he has a lot of power. The second man, with messy blonde hair and an anime fringe that comes down way over his face... One big triangle. <laughs> is wearing a yellow and black tracksuit. Although small and slight, he looks very quick, showing a flurry of fast punches as he ducks and weaves in the air. Is it like the tracksuit from, what's the Sword and Shield expansion? No, it's like a Kill Bruce Bill. Lee. Yeah. It's oh, okay. a Bruce Lee Kill Bill tracksuit. The two men you saw looking through fistfuls of money make their way through the crowds towards you. The man in front is a large man with a big round belly and an oversized ginger moustache. It's you. He hides his... <laughs> You're going to... You regret that. I'll tell you, when it, I'll tell you when it happens. He hides his bald head under his maroon bandana. <laughs> who I was basing it on. You'll find out who that is later. <laughs> and he's wearing a long red coat with a white frilly shirt underneath. Oh, dear me. The second man, slightly behind the first, is slimmer, wearing a white T-shirt and a dark blue waistcoat. He has long, greasy, dark hair and a scar on each cheek leading from his mouth all the way to his ears. Mm. The fat man smiles at you 
Now, what would a fine pair of younglings be doing all alone in a place like this? Oh, we're, we're not we're not alone. We're here with our uncle. Oh, really? Yeah, he's he's not here yet, but he's coming anytime, anytime soon. Oh, fair enough. Well, as you can see, <laughs> we've got a boxing game on here. And uh, if you want to place a bet on the fight, we're offering great and the only odds. So the large chap goes by the name of Mike Bryson. <laughs> and he is one of the strongest fighters we have. He's got odds of two to one. And the smaller chap, they call him Jack the Nipper. He is mighty fast. Odds on Jackie Boy are five to one. Fancy a little quibble on a bet? Yeah. So how this fight is going to work... Earlier on in the week, I got together with longtime supporter and friend to MDAD and the inspiration in looks but not habits for a fan favourite character, Ian, <laughs> from Candlekeep <laughs> Ramsey. And we had an actual D&D sesh of our own and we put these two fighters against each other. Oh, that's okay. amazing. So Brilliant. instead of it just being like a roll the dice, let's see who wins, we actually fought it out and we recorded it so we've done a little fight night commentary for the episode but for those who want to hear the full session of us doing it we're going to put it on our discord that's awesome sweet rowdy's looking at the little guy and sort of looking at chuck and chuck looks at rowdy and thinks it's all about speed let's make this interesting i'm gonna put a grand Jack the Nipper. Uh, so the fat guy says, Oh, a whole thousand poker yen. Well, well, I'll give you the good odds. It's five to one on little Jackie boy there. So you could be in for a lot of money. <laughs> and then he turns to Felix. He's like, What about you, little man? Felix is kind of stood there sizing up the competence in the ring trying to look like he knows what he's talking about but he's actually got absolutely no idea about hand-to-hand combat but the only thing that's stuck in his mind is, is the is what the barkeep said to them and he turns to the the guy sending the tickets and he said well i've been told to go with my gut and mike bryson's definitely got the biggest gut <laughs> thousand pokey yen on him oh one of us is gonna win some money Oh, hurting against your friend. Well, this should be very, very interesting. (laughs) Felix turns to Chuck at this point as well and goes, Loser buys the next round? Yeah, you're on, buddy boy. (laughs) I thought I liked you too the minute I saw you. I don't know what's happened to Felix. He's he's loving life in this tavern. It's the the rum that's got into his head. Does weird things to people. Um, So, let's let the fight begin. The lights in the bloody Blastoise dim and a spotlight appears in the middle of the ring as the fat man with a ginger moustache walks into the ring and a microphone sort of drops down from the ceiling. Ladies and gentlemen, sailors and scoundrels, are you ready? In the red corner, all the way from the Kanto region and under the training of the one and only Lieutenant Serge, the tough, the unstoppable Mike Brighton! And a girl faint. (laughs) And in the blue corner, hailing from the Johto region, the fast, the nimble Jack the Nipper! Another part of the crowd goes wild. 
and then another girl faints. <laughs> the bell rings, and the two fighters move in closer together. Well, this is a tough one to call for anyone. It's strength versus speed, Sneasel versus Mama Swine, but they're off. Jack taking the first swing and catching Mike square in the ribs. It looks like he didn't even feel that shot. Oh, what a right swing. Matt catches Jack square in the chin. And then Mike lets out a massive roar and his veins start to show all over his body. He's invoked rage. Things don't look good for Jack. Oh, what's that? He's dodging Mike's punches. What great reflexes. Jack catches Mike once, twice, but that big guy doesn't even look like he felt it. What? Jack dodges again. How many times can he? Oh, oh no, only three times. Mike catches him with a left hook to the eye. Ooh. Things aren't looking great, but Jack's chipping away. Striking first, then dodging around another two punches from Mike, whose rage sees him swinging wildly. Can Jack dodge them all? No! Taking a left jab to the face before using a flurry of blows to Mike's abdomen. Mike's missing another two-punch combo, and Jack leg sweeps him onto the floor. I can't believe what I'm seeing! Jack's eye does not look good, surely that's affecting his vision, and it must be as he goes for the people's elbow, but misses! No. <laughs> Mike's getting up to his feet, and he too is going for the people's elbow! <laughs> no! Jack dodges, rolling out yes. the way in the last second, but Mike's grabbed him! This doesn't look good, folks! Mike's picked him up, and a backhand sends Jack flying into the corner. He is out, and he is not getting back up. What an unbelievable fight! Oh, no! And the lights go back up, and you see Jack the Nipper just fucked in a corner. <laughs> like, eye bleeding. He's just taken a backhand that's knocked him out, and he's just slumped in the corner of the ring. And Mike Bryson is still looking like he's barely even been touched. <laughs> and just cheering, just like, yeah, who needs Pokemon when you've got muscles? <laughs> Chuck and Rowdy just shaking their heads. Felix has uh, unbelievably actually got really caught up in the fight and is cheering and hollering at the end of this, going, Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> uh, so the fat man returns to you with a small smile on his face. Oh, a, a taste of beginner's luck for some. Here's your winnings, laddie. You, on the other hand, and he turns to Chuck, probably should have listened to your matey here. If you want to try and win your money back, I'll give you double or nothing on the next fight later tonight. You recorded another fight. <laughs> and then, he, no, I haven't. And then, <laughs> and then he, he turns away and he walks over to a group of angry looking men. Who's one of them's like tearing up a bet slip into loads of little pieces? Yeah, Chuck did the uh, same. Just and then there's another guy just like banging his head on the corner pole. <laughs> Felix turns to Chuck and goes, "Well, mine's a rum float." Fine. Yeah, and Chuck grabs it from the bar. Uh, are you going to go see Poff? I don't need it. I'll, we'll say hi. And, hi, Poff. As you, as you, <laughs> as you run to the bar, you just wave at him like, "Hey, Poff." And he like, oh, hey, Phil, are you going to... No, okay, fine. <laughs> he's, he's trying to kick his popping cart open. It's getting stuck. He's like, hey, hey, oh, oh. No, it's every time he sees you, he kicks it so it opens. And then when you walk past him, he just closes it again so he can keep doing yeah. it. It's like, oh, kick okay, it. Okay. No, oh, okay, fine. I'll just wait for you again. I think I've still got my one turquoise popping left. So I'm, I'm okay for now. Unless he's got anything new. Well, why didn't you... Yeah, no. but... No, no. He... 
he does, but if you don't want to go to him, it's fine. No. He's gonna, he'll be around. We'll, I was gonna say we'll go to him again, won't we? I think there's just there's, there's too much other excitement at the moment, too many other new things going on that we maybe don't go and speak to Poff, Finn guy. Oh, fuck Poff. Flash has become the better salesman. <laughs> so we, we don't use your poffins. We don't use your poffins anyway, old man. We only use them for bait. They suck. <laughs> yeah, just they get you to swing up. <laughs> Chuck runs back with a, another two rum floats. Um, and as you turn away from the ring, you hear someone shout, Chunk! Philip! And <laughs> you see... And you see Derek sitting with two other older-looking men and a table full of empty tankards, and he's beckoning you over. It's like Chunk I did not, and I didn't, How long have you been here? I didn't see you at all. As you're talking to him, Derek turns around and takes two chairs from the table that are behind him, and he just, like, swings them round together. Was anyone sat uh, in those which, chairs? Which causes a man who was about <laughs> to sit down just to fall flat on his ass. Chunk! <laughs> uh, Philip! Meet some old friends of mine. This is One-Eyed Bob, and this is legless Carl with a K. Piss off, Piss Carl. Off, Carl. These rowdy old sea dogs and I used to serve together on the same ship. Uh, One-Eyed Bob, legless Carl with a K. This is Chuck and Philip. No, Chuck and Felix. And uh, One-Eyed Bob, who has two eyes. <laughs> leans in with a stretched out hand to sort of shake your hand. Like, nice to meet you, laddies. Which arm has our tattoo on it? Left or right? I think it's the left. Fine. Got reaches out with his right arm to shake his hand. Says, hi, Chunk. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Felix reaches out after him and goes, I guess I'm Philip. Oh, pirate names. Uh, Junk, legless no, Carl Junk. turns to you both and he's like, um, oh, he's also not legless either. <laughs> Derek's been telling us all about your adventures. How you invaded Alaria Port, blew up the lighthouse, nearly burned down the dock warehouses, and gave that moron of a dockmaster a good beating. Chuck says, oh, I, I wouldn't take every. I'd take everything that Derek says with maybe a little bit of a pinch of salt, just conscious of not making too much of a name for themselves already. Um, but but you're right, we did give that dockmaster a scene to twice. Well, I did think so because to do all that just to come all over here and try and chase after old Archie's treasure <laughs> and then the pair look at each other and just burst out laughing legless Carl with a K leans back so far that his chair almost topples over revealing two legs <laughs> <laughs> he's legless he's legless in the other in the other man yeah <laughs> one eye Bob sort of looks at you with an apologetic look and he's like sorry lads but it seems like you've wasted your time that treasure don't exist how would you know with such certainty? Before he's got a chance to answer, Legless Carl's just like, it's a tourist attraction. It was made up years ago to get people to visit the islands. That's not what Legless Carl sounded like a minute ago. I've already forgotten. So that's what he's going to sound like now. I don't do it. This is why I don't do accents with multiple characters. They're, they're drunk. They change accents just like I do when I get drunk. <laughs> When you go you through whole nights convincing people that you're that you're South African or Welsh or whatever it is that night. Um one eyed Bob looks at you, Chuck, and he's like, Well, if there were a treasure, someone would have found it by now. Hundreds of people have come here looking, some have even spent a lifetime searching, but no one has ever found anything. 
not even a coin. There is no proof that Archie was even in these parts, let alone leaving his treasure behind. Can we, can we tell if they're sort of telling the truth? If they're like just trying to put us off the center, if they're actually being sincere? Well, Rowdy's got true sight. I would say you can roll with disadvantage because they're both very drunk. Can I cancel that out with insight? You can. All right, go on then. 13. You get a sense that they think they know what they're talking about. Okay. Doc says, well, maybe these people didn't have all the answers. Or all the information, sorry. Maybe these people didn't have all the information. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. But after hundreds of years, no one's found anything. I wouldn't waste my time searching. Derek's sort of looking at you apologetically. And he's like, all right, lads. Why don't you tell them what you just told me? Looking at his two mates. Ah, well, we were just talking about the ships that have been going missing. There's a rumour they're just vanishing in the mist. Like something or someone is just taking them. Well, that's rapid-ass crap. And you know it. They're just going home. They can't leave their ship just sitting around the islands forever. Not now you lot have had the port open. And the pair start, they start bickering amongst themselves. Just says, hey, 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 when did this start happening? Well, that is a very good point, actually. That's a very good <laughs> question. <laughs> Something he's not thought of. It has been going on for quite a while. But, like I said, they can't just sit around here forever. Ships say they're disappearing. But I reckon they've just got fed up of waiting for the port to open and gone home. So people could go to other places, not just Alaria Port, I guess. Well, yeah, they can go home to like Hoenn or Sinnoh or Johto or Kanto or maybe even the Aloha region. But at this point, no one really goes there. It's a bit shit. <laughs> they don't even have gyms. Why would anybody go there? <laughs> Apart from for sun and some cool looking Pokemon and an icy nine tails. All right, fine. But at the moment, <laughs> no one else goes there. So they could have just gone home. Obviously, they've got business. They can't just sit in the water, not delivering stuff. Okay. Oh, think about these. Be business savvy, lads. That's what a lifetime on the seas has taught me. And Derek and Legless Carl. Or whichever one I'm doing the accent for the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Felix hasn't taken a seat. He's just sort of sat. Uh, he stood up behind. Have you taken a seat, Chuck? Yeah. Okay, Felix has just kind of stood behind with Gligar sort of balancing on his shoulder a bit like a parrot would on a pirate's arm. And he turns to the, the table and goes... Have you encountered this mist yourselves? Or is it just, again, another one of these tales? Well, we've not encountered it, no. Not the one they're talking about that destroys things or like makes boats go missing because we're still here. But I've seen the mist because it's the Misty Islands. There's mist all the time. This is why I don't believe it. Everywhere's misty. Have you <laughs> have you not have you not seen any mist yet? Because I've seen like mist. three mists today. Yeah, we've seen some mists, but where is it that these people are sailing to? Or is it just well, they're, they're just, just sailing out of the port and then... They're just going. sailing around the island. Loads of ships come through here. Well, they're supposed to. But they've all had to stop around these islands because there's nowhere for them to go. Okay, Felix, yeah, Felix kind of takes a beat at this minute and he, he sort of ducks down to, to Chuck and goes, what about, what about that guy we found on the way in to the Misty Islands? Because we rescued that guy, didn't we? Off a load of rubble, essentially, and a sign. What did he look like again? He was piratey, wasn't he? Uh, Derek takes a swig 
And he's like, well, you find some weird folk around these places. Who knows what he was doing there? Yeah, but he was literally like floating on a door. Yeah, he was floating on a bit of wood, wasn't he? Titanic light. So, yeah, um, I don't know if we want to... Do we discern that information to these guys? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I so. mean, Derek, Derek was there. Yeah, Derek was there, but it, I mean, yeah, okay. Felix turns to the other two and goes, didn't Derek tell you? On our introduction to the islands, as we were coming in, we picked a man up off the wreckage of something and it was misty, if I'm not misremembering. Derek looks at you and he's like, yeah, well, well, but we just went into the mist. The mist is around. It could have just appeared. Who knows? There's nothing that anyone has seen to say that the mist is why these things are going missing. Also, it's only happened like recently. So if that were the case, the mist would have been doing it for years and years and years and no one would have ever come here. Anyway, lads, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Let's just sit down and have a have a few drinks and have a laugh. Felix looks at Chuck, sees he's a little bit tipsy. Should I do a roll to see how I'm feeling as well? Yeah, both of you do con rolls. Con rolls. See how is, it, is it a save or is it? Yeah, save. It'd be a con save, yeah. 19. <laughs> Nat 20. <laughs> okay, Chuck thinks he's getting a bit drunk but he's actually just sober and faking it because he's around two drunk men three <laughs> drunk men and you don't feel anything felix you're just solid as a rock that one beer that he's had previously has toughened him up in the ways of drinking <laughs> settled his stomach right it's um, the lumen milk in the in the ice cream yes keeping him like <laughs> <Yeah>. wired <laughs> um my yeah this is my my thinking i don't know how much more we want to do or have to do in the tavern but Felix turns to Chuck and kind of ushers him to sort of turn around so we're not looking at Derek and the, the other two guys at the moment and just goes, look, don't think Derek's going to be too much more help at the moment. I mean, he looks like he's having a good time, but I don't think he's going to give us the information that we need. I know I said before when we first arrived that it'd be great to stay here and have a vacation, but like you said, we've, we've got a job to do, really. And then he kind of rifles in his bag just to make sure, um, make sure no one's looking as well and just goes, I swiped some maps from the Team Nightmare headquarters at the docks maybe they can help but i don't know i don't think these guys are going to be any help with trying to decipher it maybe we just go back to the pokemon center get a room and we can oh yeah take a look at them oh yeah <laughs> Chuck throws a glance over his shoulder towards the bar looking longingly at the bottles of rum and says <laughs> can we just uh, just one night off i know i said what i said earlier but one night we'll look at it over breakfast <laughs> felix looks at gligar who has gone from his shoulder who is now hanging on one of the beams in front of the table that has Derek, Carl with a K and one eye Bob and he's just kind of um, imitating Flash essentially just keeps spinning round in front of them upside down and then just opening up and pulling faces at them and he goes I guess it has been a bit of a slog of late maybe one or two floats won't hurt you're round mate fine okay so Felix goes to the bar and orders another two rum floats on your way back to the table oh, here we go you hear a whistle, like the one you would hear if someone was calling their pet or Pokemon up back to them. So like two fingers in mouth sort of whistle? Yeah, or just a, like a little like... Okay. Yeah, not one. trying not to draw the attention of everybody kind of thing. Yeah, it's a quiet little whistle, but you can tell that it was aimed at you. And double fisting, you turn around to see a man sat in the shadows in a nearby booth and a hand comes out of the shadow sort of beckoning you to take a seat. Felix sees the man beckoning him from the, the shadowy booth. He just quickly nips over back to Chuck to give him his float. So at least then Felix has got a free hand and he goes, there you go, buddy. Uh, 
Don't mind me. I'll be back in a sec. Chuck doesn't really question it. He just thinks that he's probably off to see off or Yeah. And he's sharing the... He's given Rowdy the, the float to dry and Rowdy's now got a little, like, ice cream moustache. <laughs> um, Felix, whilst he's walking over to the booth, will quickly just do a little switcheroo. Momo's been having a great time life of the party, uh, but Felix knows, you know, things could potentially go south. So I'm just going to recall Momo and bring out a bit more muscle in Brick the Sneasel. So yeah, then we approach the booth. So as you get closer to the booth, you see that person in the shadows is the man you rescued from the mist earlier on in the day. He's still wearing the same clothes, just dry, and he sits with one leg stretched out and an arm leaning on the table holding a tankard. Ahoy, matey. Take a seat. I may have overheard your entire conversation with the old blokes over there. Seems you're interested in old Archie's treasure. And he looks at you with a glint in his eye. Felix, yeah. Trying to channel the, the energy that he's had earlier. He goes, ahoy, matey. Yeah, we're interested in the tales, shall we say. And sits in the seat. Uh, the guy brings his leg down and turns to sort of face you so he's looking you dead on in the eyes. Well, today is a fortuitous day, as today is the day you made my acquaintance. Today is the day you met Captain Maxwello. And you see, I have information that you might, or could say, aid you in your quest. And he takes a big swig of his tankard for the right price. Felix matches him, takes a swig of his rum float, looks back at Captain Maxwello and says... And before he replies, does a con roll. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's a natural 17, so plus to 19. Okay. Yep. And looks him dead float. in the eyes seriously. Looks him dead in the eyes seriously and goes, well, I think as saving your life earlier is a pretty good price. I was thinking more of... I mean, don't get me wrong. I do appreciate the help earlier today it was much needed couldn't be floating around all day I was thinking more of an exchange of services you require someone with the knowledge of the tablet I require a new crew and a new boat <laughs> okay an interesting proposition before we enter into any kind of negotiations what do you need this crew for well someone to share an adventure with and I can't drive the boat by myself. I also mm. don't have a boat. Neither do I, directly. I could also probably use the muscle. I uh, saw how you took out them good old pokes in the town earlier today. Okay. Backup never okay. does anyone any harm. How long do you need this crew for? We're on a tight schedule, as it is, but maybe we could free up some of our valuable time. I'm just going to take as long as it takes, if I'm being perfectly honest, mate. <laughs> Where's your sense of adventure? Hmm. Where indeed? Felix hasn't got any. Look, if you're interested, you can come with me. He pokes his head up above the booth. He says, all things aside, it's not safe for us to talk here. Someone's always listening. And he wiggles a finger in your face. <laughs> Felix goes, a good point. Where and when? Well, come with me and we can discuss the details at my humble abode. Okay, are we going? Are we going out the front door? Uh, if you choose to go with him, you just follow him. Well, yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, I was going to say if we are going, as as still being a ten year old, I'm speaking to a, a man, uh, you know, a fully grown yeah. man. 
Felix Felix is aware of Stranger Danger. Stranger Danger. So, as as I was, you know, about to follow him, I would just kind of get Chuck's attention and just say, "Come with me," basically. Okay. So yeah, Derek. As as we as we go past, yeah, as we go to leave, Felix just we might have a lead. Come with me. Yeah, I'm, rolling, I'm just doing a con save. <laughs> Roll a twelve. Yeah, Chuck. Chuck looks at Chuck's kid. Chuck's getting there with a twelve. He's getting there. Yeah. He's on the way. Got his wobbly boots on. Chuck turns to Derek and says, "We got to bounce. Come meet us tomorrow morning at the Pokemon Center when you've uh, sobered up." Derek looks at you with a hick, and he's like, hey, "Oi!" He's not doing very well at all. He's <laughs> all three of them are hammered. <laughs> right. So let's follow. You get up Captain and you Mac. follow Felix, who's following Mac. And as you're walking, Chuck's like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Hey, wait, wait, wait. Is that the Felix? Goes, "Come on now. Yeah, keep you cool." Keep you cool. Rowdy's still got a um, float moustache as, <laughs> as we leave. Mac walks back to a table that's full of people and he takes a long dark coat off the back of a man's chair so swiftly that you're not even sure if he took the coat or just pulled it out of thin air. <laughs> and he sort of, he goes into one of the pockets and pulls out a wallet and just takes the money out, puts the money back in the pocket and just throws the wallet over his shoulder as <laughs> he puts the coat on. As... You get to the door of the bloody Blastoise. You hear somebody from behind you shout, Oi! Swallow! And Mac just stops dead with his hand on the handle and his head sort of drops. He's like, oh, for fuck's sake. No, it's not what I needed right now. (laughs) And then he sort of lifts himself, composes, and turns around between you two. Like pushing his arms out wide. Rebootnik! Greaseball! What a surprise! And you turn with him to see the fat man who is taking bets and his greasy haired friend. And the fat man with the ginger mustache is sort of like he's storming over really angrily. He's like, Swallow, you owe me a ship. Now, now, Rebootnik. We never agreed on the terms of the acquisition of said ship in question, nor the time period of its transfer of ownership. I could argue that my ship is no longer my ship, but seeing as we agree that it is my ship, it cannot possibly be your ship. So as you don't have a ship for me to own, I can't owe you for a ship that neither of us are in possession of. (laughs) Savvy? (laughs) And Rubutnik just sort of stands on the spot mouth open he you can almost hear the cogs in his head just turning as he tries to figure out what the fuck mac just said to him and while that's going on mac takes advantage of it and he turns back to you and says gents if you follow me and then he just walks straight through the double doors and back across the decking down onto the beach where he'd take a left turn to go away from the town oh okay okay yeah, let's, let's go in tow. Max walking along the beach, arms out. He's had a couple to drink. My apologies for almost getting you caught up in that. Uh, Rubutnik seems to have forgotten the terms of our arrangement. And with the lack of insurance in our policy concerning loss of property due to unforeseen or seen at all, for that matter, circumstances, it would seem we're both at a loss. What happened to your ship? Well... And then you just hear swallow, and the booming cry of Rubutnik as something pink flashes between the two of you <gasps> and pulls Mac backwards across the beach with a snap. You turn around 
to see Rubutnik and Greaseball standing behind you. And a large pink Pokemon stood in front of them with its extraordinarily long tongue <laughs> wrapped around Mac. <laughs> oh, I love looking tongue. It's holding him off the ground with his arms pinned against his sides and his legs are just flapping in the air. And your Pokedex pings Licky Licky. <gasps> licky Licky. Okay. Licky Licky, a licking Pokemon and the evolved form of Licky Tongue. Licky Licky can wrap its enormous tongue around anything. Getting too close to this Pokemon will result in a saliva shower. It's the end for you, Maxwellow. That's Captain Maxwellow. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, you need a ship to be a captain, and as we both know, a ship you don't have. <laughs> licky Licky! And Licky Licky starts to like tighten its grip and with its mouth wide open starts to like withdraw its tongue slowly, bringing Mac closer and closer to its gaping mouth. Max sort of looks and he's like, ah, lads, uh, I see you questioning the morality of the situation you may or may not have the entire picture of, but let me remind you that I alone hold the information you desire, and if the blobby were to, uh, well, consume me, then uh, the information is also consumed with me. You wouldn't want that for your new favourite NPC to get eaten now, would you? Then that Licky Lickies eat people. Licky Licky's gonna swallow Jesus. him. Jesus. I'd love and a he, Licky uh, Licky he, called Mr. Blobby. He turns back to the Licky Licky and lets us out. Ah, please. <laughs> God looks at Felix and says, I mean, you vouched for this guy. Felix takes a say? big sigh and goes, I knew he was trouble, but I guess he is our only lead. He turns to look at Sneasel and goes, Sneasel, roll initiative. I'm guessing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, as you pull out your Pokeballs... I'm just going to fuck this as, Licky Licky. <laughs> as you tell your guys to go forwards, uh, the Licky Licky slams Mac into the ground and Rubutnik grabs him by the hair and just, like, punches him in the face, letting him fall to the ground like limp. Ooh. I don't know what it is he's got over you, but you're not taking him anywhere. And then Greaseball pulls out a Pokeball and as he throws it, you recognise the blue muscular Pokemon the spiral on its stomach as your Pokedex <gasps> pings Polyrath. Oh man! Polyrath, the tadpole Pokemon and the evolved form of Poliwhirl. An adept swimmer, it can easily overtake champion swimmers and its brawny muscles never grow fatigued. Oh, here we go. This is a this is a good fight. I'm well up for this. Okay. Natural 20. Natural one. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just on the beach, yeah? Nighttime beach. It's, it's, just, it's just the beach. So you, you've got the sea you want to go into it it's uh the tides i'm gonna say the, the beach is probably like 20 foot wide before you hit the sea mm -hmm. and then your forest after that or jungle but it's really thick jungle so it's going to be hard to get into okay okay what's the visibility like is it are we able to see still quite well so the visibility at the moment is well i wasn't going to do one but fuck it let's do a weather check okay i'm still weather check true sight true sight well, yeah, Sneasel's got dark vision. That's why I'm asking. Doesn't really matter, but it would. It's dark. Yeah, it is night. It is night time. Oh, um, but the moon might be bright. Yeah, that's what. That's what. I was... So as you're standing facing the Licky Licky and the Polyrath, you feel like a strong wind sort of come across the beach, and you just see like the trees in the jungle sort start to wave and move, and you can hear like. The bloody Blastoise sign creaking in the wind. But the moon is really bright and it's like illuminated the whole beach. This 
sounds very cool. Yeah. So it's it's windy, but it let's say harsh moonlight. Okay. But with the wind, uh, you've got fire types, flying types, dragon types, and psychic types are going to be boosted. This is a, this is a Charizard <laughs> weather, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So first up is Chuck and Rowdy. Chuck shouts to Rabutnik and says, "Let go, let go of him. There's more important things here at stake." Rowdy, use Force Bomb on that Licky Licky. While you shout that, Rabutnik's just thinking, "Oh, I do love Stoke." <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, that's a 24 to hit. Uh, yep, that hits. And that's going to do 17 fighting damage. Okay, so double that to 34. So Rowdy charges in for a melee attack and just thrusts his palm out in front of him, just punching the, uh, the Licky Licky, whose mouth is still open, this tongue, like, up into his nose. Next up is the Polyrath. Polyrath is going to turn and look at Lucario and is going to use Hypnosis. So you need to make a wisdom save. Okay. Six. <laughs> you fail. <laughs> Surprising. And like. you go to sleep. Go to sleep. So Rowdy is snoozing away on the beach. Uh, maximum three rounds. You fail deck strength saving throws. And you can roll a d20 as a bonus action at the beginning of your turn. DC 13 to wake up. Okie dokie. Next up is Licky Licky. Now Rowdy's asleep in front of him. He is going to use rap. Oh, okay. Or what, on, on Rowdy? On Rowdy. 25 to hit. It's The Licky Licky wraps its tongue around the asleep Rowdy and just starts to, like, squeeze it. Mm. Ooh, I'm just going to do 13 damage. Normal damage. So that's halved to six. But Rowdy is now restrained. Double restrained. So I'm restrained because I'm asleep. And then when you wake up, if you haven't broken out, you're still going to be restrained. Ooh, ouch. So you need to attempt to escape with a strength save against my move DC. As long as the target is grappled on my other turns, this move can be activated again as a bonus action with an automatic hit. Ouch. Okay. So that's Licky Licky's turn. So at the moment, you're looking at a Polarath, which has just put Rowdy to sleep, and a Licky Licky that has got Rowdy wrapped up in its massive tongue. We're over to Felix. Okay. Felix seeing Rowdy go to sleep knows he's at a bit of a disadvantage, but then also seeing the Licky Licky kind of wrap him up, make him pretty much immobile. Thinks we've got to help Chuck out a bit here. So he shouts to Brick. Brick, get in there. Ice punch that Licky Licky. Aim for its tongue. So we're going to go for an ice punch. I rolled a 17 plus six. So 23 to hit. Yep, that hits. So that does 13 ice damage. Okay. And we're going to follow that up with a quick attack as well. Oh, fuck, Good old combo. Um, that's a 25 to hit. That hits. For an extra five damage. Um, and, uh, unfortunately, uh, you see Licky Licky just sort of in its hand. It's holding a berry. And as it sees you darting towards it with a quick attack, it chucks it into its mouth and uh, swallows it. And it's going to take half damage from the normal quick attack. Oh, okay. And it was so a chilling berry. Two. So it takes another two damage. If only it had been choppled. But hit safe. Um, right, back round to Chuck with an asleep rowdy. So first up, we're going to be making the sleep check, aren't we? Yes. Uh, stays asleep. Okay. So I can't make the strength save, I think. Nope. You are just, you're asleep. Uh, so it is Polyrath, and he is going to dart over to Brick in the moonlight and go for a submission. Oh, shit. Well, your lucky times four isn't a thing. Yeah. I've not got the best party for this fight. I would be all right. I haven't got much to take out the polyrath. Uh, eight. Eight. So the submission won't hit. No, it won't. Lucky bastard. So I'll say that the polyrath runs over to Brick 
and just goes to grab him to put him in the submission but brick just manages to wriggle out before he can start squeezing and doing any damage it's licky licky's turn so licky licky is going to use rap as a bonus action uh and straight gonna, up does the damage isn't it you do three damage so that's one damage uh and then it's going to use power whip Ooh. on lucario grass time or a 17 yeah that hits 24 grass damage Ooh. Ooh, that's, that's a big move but it's, it's it's halved you're resistant to grass as well rowdy's resistant to almost everything <laughs> lucario is so Bug, dark dragon grass ice normal rock steel resistances um, and immune to poison yeah so the way that looks is licky licky like throws lucario up into the air releasing it from its tongue and then just brings its tongue in and then like a frog just whips it straight out and just hits Rowdy in midair and then catches Rowdy again with its tongue and wraps it up again real tight. Looks like, how are you still asleep? Wake up. (laughs) And it's Felix's turn. Okay, we're going to switch attention to the Polyrath after being attacked by it. Felix, shouts out to Brick. Switch attention. Ice punch, Polyrath. Straight in its swirl. (laughs) Fibonacci spiral. Uh, so that's 18 to hit. Hits. Good. Ooh, good. Wasn't sure on that. It wasn't a natural, unfortunately. 18 ice damage. Hard. <sighs> Bastard. Oh, wow. Fighting type, isn't it? How much did you do to it in the end? Nine. Nine. That's all right. Back round to the Lucario. Yeah, and Chuck. They're not so lucky asleep, Lucario. Not so lucky and not so drunken. Well, maybe a little bit drunken and definitely a monster. <clears throat> Chuck looking at him to try and work out why he's still asleep after that power whip. You can see Lucario's eyes are actually still, well, they're actually open for a change, uh, but they're really glazed over and you can tell he's just not fixed on anything at all. So that's, he's not asleep, he's definitely hypnotized. Uh, so we're going to see if we can wake up this time. And he rolled a nine, so he doesn't wake up. Doesn't wake Chuck up. with a up with a bonus action he's going to analyze this polyrath this time rolls a 15 should have saved that so level uh, and ability so the polyrath's ability is water absorb yep. its level is 11 right ouch okay okay so the polyrath's up next and he is going to go for a body slam on sneasel 19 yeah that hits uh 15 normal damage okay so uh, Polyrath sort of just stood there after taking this ice punch and just pushes out his belly and chest a little bit and just like slams it into Sneasel, sending him flying like 10 feet backwards across the sand. And Sneasel's going to have to make a strength saving throw. Uh, that is a natural 20. Okay, so you are not knocked prone. Nice. Just skidded back a little bit. Cool. Uh, Licky Licky is up next and he's going to go for a bonus action to use Rap. Doing three damage again. Ouch. Big ouch. One HP. Uh, and then <laughs> that big one die. This time, this time he's going to go for a slam attack. So he sort of throws Lucario just a little bit in front of him. Mm. And then just darts towards it, trying to slam into it with a 15. That's my AC. Fucking <sighs> close on it. Uh, and then he does 15 normal damage halved. Okay, so seven. Uh, and then... Once he's slammed into Rowdy, wraps it back round with his tongue again, and he's holding it in the air tight. Okay. Is that, that's just forever. It's not a maximum of rounds. It's until you save. Until I break out. Until you break out. Okay. So Sneasel's been boomed across the sand after that body slam from the Polyrath, but it's going to give him a bit of a chance to get a running start, and he's going to take off straight towards the Polyrath. This time, we're going to go in for a faint attack. 
that's no, we don't think it's going to hit with either of those. 16 hits. Oh, sound. 18 dark damage. Ooh. On the polyrath. Just going to half to nine. I think everything that I've got is going to be resisted by mm. polyrath. So you just end it with Grossle. <laughs> now it's Chuck and Lucario is still asleep. This is last turn if he last fails. Last turn if it, it fails, is. yeah. Let's hope. 11, so failed. Failed, hey. still asleep. Not looking good whatsoever. Um, Polyrath's back up and he's going to try and go for another submission. Eight, that's not going to hit again. Oh, you jammy he's missed the submission. So he goes to grab Brick one more time, but again, Brick just manages to sort of fight his arms away and push him backwards so he can get away from the submission. Uh, yes, Licky Licky, while this is going on, throws Lucario into the air and he's going to go for another power whip, but with a 10, misses. God, this has been a dire fight for everybody. <laughs> and then as as Lucario falls down, he's going to use Rap again and hit him with another Rap, wrapping okay. him in his tongue, but for a 1 damage. Wait, does that do nothing take, if it's half? Don't fucking take anything. What a waste of a turn. <laughs> you can tell Rowdy's kind of starting to come round from this uh, hypnosis. Uh, and yep. resist the tongue. He's like bracing against it. Seeing the attacks that we've used so far have had little impact on this Polyrath. We're going to change it up again a little bit. This time, this is the one. Hit him with a Haymaker brick, Metal Claw. And that is a oh, damn. Uh, 24 to hit though. Oh, damn. <laughs> well, no, because it was a natural 18, <laughs> but if I got a natural 19 or 20, I get to do a bit more. Yeah. 10 steel damage. Half to five. Yeah, brilliant. Fantastic. Chuck can see that Lucario's eyes are now closed, which means he's, in, he's back in business. Um, he's struggling and bracing against his Licky Licky's tongue. So we've got to go for a strength saving throw, is it? Yep. Okay. 15. Fails. Ooh. I rolled a three. Like, I've got plus 12 on a saving throw. Bloody hell. So he's still restrained. Still restrained. So restrained restrain doesn't mean I can't attack. Restrained just means my speed becomes zero. Um, and so I can't move. I have disadvantage on attack rolls. Attack rolls against me have advantage. Cool. And I have disadvantage on deck saves. So Lucario's struggling against it. And it manages to sort of shift the tongue like round its waist. So it's it's basically like a bit of a bungee cord at this point. Um, and Chuck shouts, put an aura sphere in its mouth. <laughs> so a bit like when you're dunking an orb or something in Destiny, you just like one hand just shoves it right into its the Licky Licky's mouth. <laughs> right. I think it's an also hit, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's another 17 fighting damage. Yeah. So this aura sphere goes straight into the Licky Licky's mouth, who closes its big lips over it, and then it just sort of explodes in its mouth with smoke coming out, <laughs> like just going up over its face but it's still got hold of Lucario with its tongue. Before it knows it, a bullet punch just comes straight, coming flying towards it, round with the left hook. Right. Rolled with disadvantage, but it's going to be 14 with disadvantage. Does not hit. Doesn't hit. Doesn't hit. Um, Polyrath is going to go for another submission attack. On brick. On brick. That should do it. 18. Yeah, hits. So you've got to make a strength save at the start of each of your turns. Okay. Uh, against my move DC. Uh, when you're grappled, I can activate submission again as a bonus action. So a bit like rap. Oh, right. I love these And it moves. gets an Fuck. automatic hit. Unless I break out of it. Unless you... Only if you're, yeah, grappled. Okay. 21 fighting. Doubled, I'm guessing. Doubled to 42. 
42. Oh, God. Shit. Still standing. But only just. So the Polyrath, it grabs Sneasel. This time Sneasel can't fight it, and it just lifts it up and then slams it back over its shoulder into the ground. Like a German Yeah, suplex, but yeah. just like holds onto it, so keeping it grappled in place. Okay. Then while this is going on, the Licky Licky is going to use Power Whip on Lucario again, just throwing it into the air. <laughs> We're getting just absolutely dunked on here at the moment. 15 again. It's a melee move. Yeah, I mean, I get advantage anyway because it's strange. Strange, yeah. 32 grass damage. God damn it. Okay, Raddy reacts with a detect. Okay. So just as he's thrown into the air, covers himself in like this sort of aura shield. Yeah, and then as you come back down, it's going to catch you again for another wrap. It's a bonus action doing four normal damage. Okay, okay so I've got to do a strength save to try and get out of this submission. Yep. That's not going to do it with a, a natural roll of a three. So six in total. Uh, that does not beat my DC. So I'm still grappled. Does that mean I can still attack, but just with disadvantage? Yeah. Okay, right, so yeah, Brick's kind of squirming and squeezing, he's upside down, he's trying to get one of his claws hooked in just to try and like break free from this grip and be back in prime fighting position. He's struggling, can't get out of it, it's a pretty powerful polyrath. Felix looks over and shouts, just try and get it, ice punch. So I'm going to go for an ice punch, but it's going to be at disadvantage. And that... Nat one. <laughs> I rolled a two and a nat one. <laughs> So I take it. I'm gonna take. I've got, well, I've got to take the nat one there. It it turns into a seven, but it's um, still a nat one. I'm just gonna say rather than punching the polyrath, it's punching the ground and like a little like, icy patch beneath you starts to like just cover the sand a little bit. Okay. Right back round to Lucario. Gonna make your save. Alright, let's make the save. Okay, that's that's much better. That's 25. Yep, that saves it. So Lucario escapes the wrap. So I'm guessing he's just been like pushing on the tongue and just trying to get like a little bit further and further out and then just manages to like pop out and the tongue just like springs back into Licky Licky's mouth. Okay. Jack notices that Felix and Brick are not faring too well against this polyrath and now that Rowdy's out of the bind, says, kick sand into its eyes, let's help out Brick. Rolled an 18, just straight up. Yep. Okay, fine. So Rowdy just takes like a swipe of sand with his foot, just kicks it up into the Licky Licky's face, and Licky Licky takes too much sand to the eyes and is blinded. Nice. And now we're going to go okay. with a bullet punch over on Polyrath. Okay. 19. Hits. Seven steel damage. Uh, half that to three. Cool. So seeing the Licky Licky like struggle, like a, <laughs> struggling against it, it's been blinded tongue flailing all over the place rowdy quick as a flash just you just see a, like a, a glint catch the moonlight and that's the steel of his palm has turned to steel and it just glances the polyrath around the face now it's up in its grill too so polyrath is gonna use submission on brick again as a bonus action uh so that's eight damage fighting double to 16 double to 16 bricks down oh no and he's going to take four. And then he's going to turn around and he's going to use submission on Lucario. 18. It's, do I have to make a save, was it? Uh, you will have to make a strength save. See if you're grappled. So go from one grapple to another if you fail. 16. <laughs> yeah, you pass. 25 fighting damage. So double to 50. I'm going to have to try a detect. I'm going to have to. Yeah, I've got my reaction this turn, don't I? Higher than a 50, so I need 16. 10. Fails. Oh. Takes the 50. Takes the 50. 
That's Barry wasn't expecting that at all. Oh my! So again, having been punched in the face after squeezing the last breath out of Brick, Polyrath turns around to look at the Lucario, and before Lucario can even think about moving he's just put him in like a bear hug and then just oh, lifts him up and just squeezes him tight and lucario's struggling to do anything so licky licky is going to make a con save 17 yeah that'll do it okay it's not blinded anymore it's going to go for a slam attack on lucario natural 20 <laughs> can't even detect against that Reaction may not be used to guard against the damage test effects that result from a natural 20 attack roll. Okay. So he just sort of shakes the sand out of his eyes. He's like, looky, looky. <laughs> and just starts to spin. And then just like like a Beyblade, just goes straight for Lucario. Um, even Polyrath uh, sees him. He's like, oh, shit. And just sort of lets go for a second of yeah. Lucario. Oh, and then licky, licky just hits him. Down. You beat two, wait, four, because it's normal. 33 oh, yeah. normal damage. Killed with a plum. I can't, I can't so detect it because it was a natural 20. Yeah, so the Polyrath just lets go and steps aside as Licky Licky just slams into Lucario and sends him shooting off into the water. And he's just lying in the, like, the shallow washed up, sand. Yeah, waves lapping just, over him. Just not moving and out cold. Chuck's like, well, that's the last time that I helped Felix because I had that fight wrapped up. <laughs> Rowdy, come on. I think Licky Licky actually had you wrapped up. Oh, touche. Right, Felix. Yeah, Sneasel goes down after this essentially wrestling match with Polyrath. Felix kind of mutters under his breath, oh, damn, I thought we had that in the bag. Good work, Brick. Come on back. I think this kind of terrain, this is a job for you. Momo, come on out. I'm going to bring out Momo. Okay. Um, I want to ask, what does beach terrain kind of class as? Does it class as desert? Like desert. It's the same. I'd say it's the same. It's sand. Yeah. Desert terrain. I'll okay. Cool. Perfect. So out pops Gligar. Uh, surveying the scene, he's immediately less jovial than he was in the tavern, and is wondering why he's been taken out of the tavern because he was having such a good time. <laughs> but he sees these two kind of beastly Pokemon stood in front of him. Focuses up. Phoenix goes, "Let's take care of that Polyrath. Get in there." Use acrobatics. Ooh, okay. 21 to hit. That will hit. 21 flying damage. Ooh, Ooh double to nice. 42. Yeah, so Momo just kind of comes in. He pops straight out of his ball and he's already moving. Does a loop-de-loop -loop in the air to gather up extra speed and just goes headfirst straight into the Polyrath. Got withdraws Rowdy. He's shaking his head. He's just like, let's not do that again. Let's just fight our own fights. Go <laughs> uh, on back, Rowdy. Patch you up later. Churro, give me the same as what you gave in the bar. <laughs> Let's fucking dance. Okay. Let's use one of Churro's new moves. So, I'm going to go with a nature power. Nature power, you call upon the powers of near nature nearby and activate a move based on the terrain. DM gets final say on what move you activate, but here are some example terrain types. Sandy areas, earthquake. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay. I'm going to say, can, can Chiro effectively become a sandbender for this move? An earthbender? Yeah. Right, yeah. So Chiro, his feet are sort of spread apart, and knees bent. 
starts mm. moving his hands, and as, as as he moves his hands, the earth just kind of underneath the polyrath and and the licky licky starts to tremble, shudder, yeah. and you could just build up and build up, and then suddenly just crack apart. Um, so you've got to do. You must succeed on a strength save against my move DC. Move DC. They do four D eight. Okay, so they both have to make a save. Yeah, it's a twenty foot self radius, and obviously because Momar's a flying type, it's immune to this. He sure is. So Licky. She sure is. What save is it? Strength. Yeah. Twenty one. Okay. And Holly Wrath is a twenty two. All right, both of them save. So do they take any damage? Yeah, they do. They take half. 23 ground damage. Uh, so that's to 12. No, 11. 11. After the move is activated, the area becomes difficult to rain. Okay. I like nature power. It's quite fun. Yeah, it's a very cool move, that. Okay, so after the earthquake, who stood where? Where have you two... Momo is attacking... Polyrath. The Polyrath. Yeah. And where's Ludicolo? Ludicolo's my Chuck, I suppose. Or in, just slightly in, ahead of Chuck, not too far away. Maybe say five foot in front of Chuck. So apart from the Licky Licky, because the Licky Licky was Licky Licky was kind of near the Polyrath too, because it slammed Lucario. Yeah, so they're, they're together. They're, they're all together. Those yeah. three. Yeah. So how how far away is Ludicolo to those three? Probably I'd say ten foot. Okay, fine. You said the beach was about twenty foot, wasn't it? There wasn't that much distance between us. Twenty foot wide. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Polyrath is trying to swap. He's just like getting taking these acrobatic hits. He's like, fuck, get off me! You look. Thing and um, just without Greaseball saying anything, just lets out a bubble beam aimed at Momo. Yeah, I knew this was coming. 15 misses. Ooh, oh, he's got plus nine on bubble <laughs> beam. <laughs> it. So he's just firing these bubbles out into the air, just trying to get Momo off him. And in a way, it sort of succeeds, although it doesn't hit him. Momo does back off a tiny little bit he's just kind of uh, dancing and ducking and weaving through the these bubbles as they glint in the moonlight having a good time but then out of nowhere momo sees at the corner of his eye this pink thing just flying towards him and just manages to like barrel roll over licky licky's tongue as it uses power whip Ooh. But, but only gets a two and does not hit. You always miss, Jack. I can't. I've got a, I can't help it. I've got some dexterous Pokemon. <laughs> two, two attacks. I got sixteen, and it didn't hit. It's not my fault. <laughs> Get some better AC, Felix. Yeah. So Momo's kind of like, like you say, he's dancing and ducking and weaving past these bubbles. He's pirouetted over the incoming Licky Licky. She's just having a good time, as Momo. Again, she kind of pirouettes over the tongue and uses it to gain some extra momentum. Does another loop to loop around the tongue of the Licky Licky and heads straight back towards the Polyrath. I'm going to go for another acrobatics. 22 to hit. Hits. Another 20 flying damage. So double to 40. Polyrath is down. Yes. Nice. Good shit. So yeah, Momo does, like I say, does a she does a loop to loop round around Licky Tongue's tongue, flies in, and rather than just slamming directly into the Polyrath this time, uses her pincer claws to pick it up underneath his arms. Again, goes for a big loop to loop, and then just throws the Polyrath into the sand. Noise. Next up is Churo and Chuck. Come on, Churo. Let's finish off this Licky Licky. It can't have much left. Um, hit it with a scold. It's a natural 20. Nice. Okay. Do you know how many dice nice. that's going to do? I, I just roll it. It's also it's going to burn it. It's probably going to kill it, but it's going to be 8d6. Ooh. I don't... Do I have 8? Yeah. I've got 8. Let's do them all at once. 34 water damage plus burn. 
Okay. Big hit. So how does the skull look? Doesn't knock it out. No. Ooh, okay. They are quite tanky, licky lickies. Hmm. Got a big HP. So Ludicolo changes his rhythm up slightly back into the salsa beat. And then you can see like his eyes are ablazoned with like the torches. Sort of reflecting <laughs> the torches in the in the moonlight, and you can see that just in his eyes. Uh, and just opening his bill wide, spouts this boiling hot jet of water towards the licky licky. Um, and you can just see it sizzling and the steam coming off it as it just soaks it right, right into its tongue. Nice. Licky licky is going to take damage at the beginning of its turn for being burned. Sure is. And it's going to respond by going for another power whip on Momo. Okay. 17. Misses. What's it going to be as a Glyce score? It's, this, this, is why I, this is why I asked what type of terrain it is. Because normally that would hit. Oh. But because it's... You've got desert terrain. Desert terrain. It gets sun veil, so it gets plus two to its AC. Oh, sick. Okay, so sends its tongue just wildly after taking that. He's like, well, I'm going to take out the little thing first and just tries to swap Momo out the sky with its tongue. But Momo's just reveling in the fact that he just knocked out a polyrath. He's like, ma, you'll never get this. You'll never get this. <laughs> la, 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 la. And just keeps dodging around Licky Licky's tongue. And now it's Momo. Yeah, again, seeing the tongue come towards it, Momo's kind of able to use the the force of the wind coming from the tongue to pirouette away, dodge throughout the, the attack, spins round, and we're going to go for a poison sting on the tongue of the Licky Licky. Poison. Poison. It's a natural 16. Plus 22. Hits. Oh, it's not actually that much damage, though. Seven poison damage. Ooh. It's got to be close gotta be close looking at this licky licky that's all on its own now it looks a bit bewildered and a bit spooked um chuck says drain what it's got left mega drain that's another da- natural 20 fuck off you've okay. had like five today i've had four or five today <laughs> so not only is that a natural 20 so it's going to do 4d8 it's also going to get another 1d12 because of my big root oh yeah hope you roll ones this green dice that i bought from ian is a fucking beast it's 35 grass damage yeah how does that knock out the licky licky? <laughs> nice, yes. finally. So Churro pauses, thinks for a minute, grabs something from the top of his sombrero and it looks like he's holding like a little pineapple. <laughs> and he, instead of, I know it's a melee, I know it's a ranged attack, but bear with me on this. He basically walks up to the licky licky and just shoves it in its mouth. And you can see from the inside, it's basically like zapping the licky, the licky licky of all of the force and energy it's got left. He pulls the pineapple back puts it back on the top of his sombrero and you can see him like replenishing with green energy and the licky licky just falls to the floor with just nothing left (laughs) killed by an absorbent pineapple (laughs) fair enough cool well done so you both get eighteen thousand eight hundred. holy shit should have sent out penny bags and seven thousand pokey yen replenished everything i've bought today so, where does that XP leave us? Who wants to go first? Yeah, mine's nice and short. Rowdy levels up to level 10. Gets a nice damage buff. Is that it? Cool. That's it. Nice one. Um, so, yeah, splitting my XP, both Brick and Momo also level up. So, Brick goes up to level 9. Again, nothing really major there. Just a bit of slight damage change. Uh, no, proficiency, I think it was. And Momo also levels up to level 8. Um, so at level eight, you can either invest in some extra ASI points or in a feat. And I am going to go for a feat for Momo. 
which is one of the actual D&D 5e feats uh, called mobile. So you increase your speed by 10 feet. So walking and flying goes up by 10 feet now. When using the dash action as well, difficult terrain doesn't mean that you lose any movement. And also when making a melee attack, you don't provoke opportunity attacks from that creature for the rest of your turn. So it means that you can kind of nip in and out of melee range and not get opportunity attacks against you. That's nice. Which I think after his sort of moonlight bubble dancing Momo has learned through this battle so it fits well yeah sweet so Rebootnik and Greaseball stand there staring at you with blank faces stunned by what has just happened and then suddenly they both turn and just run back into the bloody Blastoise and you can just hear them shouting for like back up and a load of chairs moving from inside. Oh, God. Mac turns to both of you and he's mm -hmm. like, I do think that could quite possibly be our cue to make like a Leafeon and leap. <laughs> we got it. And then a cloud of sand appears as Mac just sprints down the moonlit beach. We follow after him. So you get to the end of the beach and stop under like a cliff face. Mac disappears among the rocks. And after a minute... He sort of pops his head up from behind one of them. As it's going to get cold standing out there all night, guys. Come on. So you follow him in behind the rock and see an entrance to a small cave. Inside the cave is a staircase carved into the rocks leading upwards. Mac waves you over as he ascends the staircase. This leads you to a large cave with smooth rocks lining the walls and floor. And at the far end of the cave is a large opening that looks over the sea and some of the nearby islands. At the opposite end of the cave is a big wooden table with papers all over it, a bed and a wall covered in maps and hand-drawn sketches. They are connected by like different strands of red string. Welcome to my humble abode. You hear a Pokemon cry and a flutter of wings as a blue bird swoops into the cave, landing on Matt's shoulder. Phoenix shudders. Your Pokedex pings swallow. Swallow, the swallow Pokemon, and the evolved form of Taillow. It dives upon prey from far above and it never misses its target. Swallow takes to the skies in search of lands and a warm climate. Mac walks over to the far wall, inspecting all the sketches in the map. Swallow still sat on his shoulder. I told you that I can give you all the information you need on old Archie's treasure. However, there is one small hiccup. Everything I've ever found out about the treasure has been lost. <laughs> Look, size. Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Pretending like you did. Take a seat or a barrel and listen to my tale. It's one of adventure, great treachery and loss. And then before you have a chance to do anything, he starts. I was but a young lad when I first came to these parts, drawn here like many by the legend of Larchavisier's treasure. I spent my lifetime trying to decipher the code and searching the islands on my ship, the White Clampell. Ah, she were a thing of beauty. He stares out longingly to sea. About five years ago, I met with a group of sailors from the Owen region. They say they were repenting for crimes committed when they were part of a notorious organisation. And they came here and set up a protection service called the Aquacrew. <laughs> they helped ships travel safely through the islands, fighting off anyone who tried to steal their cargo. I helped them on occasion, even told them about the secret routes that lie around these parts, and occasionally joining them in their services. Kind of like a freelance mercenary. They paid a pretty pokey yen too. But on one of these missions, the White Clamper was attacked, and I was knocked overboard, taken by the sea. I thought my days were up, but 
To my surprise, I awoke on a misty island like no other island I've ever seen before. There was something odd about it, and I know it sounds stupid, but I swear on me swallow's life it was moving. When you spend as long as I have on the seas, you can tell when there's something ain't right in the water. I made my way into the jungle, Swallow fending off Pokemon, the lights you've never seen. When I came across a glistening light, I walked towards it and found that the light was actually reflecting from the sun onto a temple completely made out of metal. I was about to go inside when I heard a sound I ain't never heard before, like a strange creature warning me of something. And then the whole island shook. Before I knew it, I was surrounded by monsters. I'm not lying neither. I turned and I tailed it back to where I woke up. That's when I saw a school of Whalmer in the water and I managed to strap myself to one of them and a ride away from the island. <laughs> Strangest thing was that when I turned around to look at the island, it weren't there anymore. But I knew. I knew I'd just found it. I was so close I could almost taste it. I ceased my business with the old Aqua crew and dedicated the rest of my life to finding the island in the mist. I searched and searched for years. I sailed around these parts looking for the island, but only finding clues and rumours to its existence. I wrote everything I found down in my journal, every detail about what I saw, but what I realised was, I can't do it on my own. So, I acquired myself a new ship, renamed it in the white clumpels honour and everything. And this is when I went back to visit my old mates, the Aqua Crew. Told them everything, offered to split the treasure 70-30, but something had changed about them. It was like they weren't the same people anymore. They tried to take me book, but I got away. Tricked them by sailing into the mist. Or at least I thought. Before I knew it, my ship was being boarded and my notebook was taken. Next thing I knew, I'm waking up on your boat. So, you see lads, I do have the information you need. I just need to reacquire it, you might say. And he sweeps off the papers from the table in the middle of the room to reveal a large map of an island. The Aqua Crew took over the resort island a few months ago, using it as a base due to their growing numbers. From what I hear, the folks who own the place didn't even put up a fight. They just upped and left. So what do you say, mateys? Ever been part of a heist before? <laughs> With the, the events of the recent heist all too fresh in his mind, looks at Felix and says, What do you say? One last score? Felix takes a breath in, sighs, and goes, I guess we've got no choice. Sweet. So you spend the rest of the night talking through like plans with Mac. From the map he has, the layout is pretty simple. The resort itself was once a place for rich tourists to stay, with small huts dotted around the island. In each is like a little posh apartment for those staying there. Then the main building of the complex is located on the edge of a cliff above a beach. And this is where the executive suites are, as well as like recreational areas, pool, restaurant, all yep. that stuff. After you agree, Mac turns to you and he says, well, we've just got to find out where they're keeping me journal on the island. Apart from that, it's a simple case of get in, get out. Except, well, we need a boat. I don't suppose you two know anyone with a boat, do you? And that's where we're going to finish today's episode. Sick. Wonderful. Heist round two. Not another heist. We've literally only just finished the last smash and grab. Pretty lazy writing if you ask me. Well anyway, episode 38, Worst Pirates Ever, drops in two weeks on August 24th. So if you're not already, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. 
While you're subscribing, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search at NDAD5E. Like and follow us for news and updates on the pod. You can also join us on Discord to talk to Jack, Chris and myself, as well as lots of other fans of the podcast about all things Pokemon and NDAD related. As always, thanks to Chris for doing the music and thanks to you for listening. Right, that's enough from me. See you next time.